welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 266. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I'm joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me! Yes, and today... We were actually discussing, you know, hey, what are we going to record this this uh, for this episode tonight? Like, maybe we'll talk about Transform, maybe we'll talk about conferences, maybe there's going to be a new policy update, hint, there wasn't one, and then... And then... And then something happened about, was about 2, 3 o'clock uh, East Coast time. Just a little something. Yeah, Judge Academy released a update looking at the 2022, so... The whole topic of what we're going to talk about kind of locked into place. And to help us out, we have... Drumroll! Yes, drumroll. I'll I'll insert that in post. (laughs) Listeners, you know that I won't do that. Uh, We have the one and only Nicoletta Prize. Hello! Hello, from Judge Academy. The author... I was excited to have you on. (laughs) How you doing? How was how's today been? It's been all right. Um, there's obviously twenty something pages of of updates and content. Uh, we've had a lot of time to think about what to do when we sort of had of our relaunch, and we finally got to share that today. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. So this is coming up on two years of the Judge Academy. Yeah, it was. We launched uh, almost two years exactly, just a little bit. Uh, October 1st was our launch in 2019. Uh, We had a great launch, everything ramped up, and then shortly thereafter, COVID hit, and we've kind of been in a weird place since then. (laughs) Alternate reality ever since. So one of the things, so we last had you on, uh, Nico, when uh, Judge Academy started, we had you and Tim Shields. And at the time, the hosts were myself and Brogan. And before we started getting into talking about things, we had a little bit of a a disclaimer of our relationships with Judge Academy. Uh, At the time, my relationship was I was one of the, I was on the board of judge advisors. Uh, That is no longer the case. I no longer have any uh, fiduciary ties to Judge Academy. Is that... Did I just make that word up, or is that a... No, it was perfect. Oh, is it? Okay, great. So that's that's me. I don't know if it's perfect. I'm just glad you said it. Oh, okay. But so, <laughs> so hi, this is Sam. Um, so I, in addition to being a co-host on JudgeCast, I am also a part-time creative assistant for Judge Academy. All right. Ta-da. And, and, and I work there. She I don't know if we want to disclose that as well in case it was a secret. Yeah. Uh, I've been at Judge Academy for two and a half years now, and I am the MTG program manager. So I run the day-to-day operations for Judge Academy. It, it, it's kind of weird. Like, I just kind of assumed that people would know that. But then I realized, especially with COVID, it's actually kind of maybe possibly a little easy to just not be able to match names and faces with with roles and stuff like that so thank thank you there was a lot put out today and nico volunteered to to come on the show and help go through it Fa- fairly short notice only about i think like four hours ago so <laughs> definitely appreciate you coming on so the announcement kind of started out with a letter from tim yes 
which was a little bit of a of a retrospective and kind of sharing like some of the experiences and stuff like that of Judge Academy over the over the last two years. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know like what you guys were doing for like what you guys started up doing and then what happened when COVID hit? Uh, yeah. So one of the things we tried to do was have a lot of. Uh, transition and consistency during that transition as we moved in to uh, the world of Judge Academy. And so one of the things Tim does in his in his sort of address is to talk about the lessons that we learned, what our goals were, community and retention, making sure that we have accessible content, figuring out what we wanted to do around levels, and most importantly, making sure we have solid legal footing for everything that we are trying to do because we want to be a global program and we need to be a global program. So following all the changing laws, rules, and regulations in each area is hard, and we're still every you know, only it's almost every day we're thinking of new things, and and uh, Megan, who is our, our accountant, is looking through different tax laws all the time to make sure that we're doing everything we need to do. Um, so Tim goes into you know the sort of explanation of where we were hoping to be, and then obviously COVID happened and events were gone. A lot of judges who were judging events, whether they were in store or on a large circuit, were out of work, and there wasn't a good way to for to physically come together. And so we talked a lot about what our options were, and as a community, decided that we did not uh, we weren't going to collect renewal fees from memberships for 2020 uh, 2021. And so we would just sort of reduce expenses wherever we could and make it work for that hibernation mode that we were in. And it gave us a lot of time, even though we didn't have a lot of resources to move around. We There were specific things we wanted to make sure we continued doing. And the biggest part of that was supporting conferences in some way. And so we continued to do that through digital conferences, which has been pretty awesome. Yeah. Judge Academy started, or it was announced to the public, like started for realsies in October two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of that time, this this is for the listeners, of that time, COVID has been a thing for 19 of those 24 months. Yes. <laughs> okay. Probably not something you uh, planned for, right? Not something you pl- planned for right at the outset of this, right? No, yeah. that was that was not in our, you know, three-year plan. <laughs> yeah, and the the other thing I wanted to point out is Judge Academy was started as a business, and in the United States, most businesses fail in the first two years. So the fact that we're here two years later, announcing plans for the next year and beyond, is already you already beaten the odds. And when mm-hmm. you add in the fact that COVID was a thing, also, it's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, just in cold hard facts, the the fact that that COVID hit and that Judge Academy is going into its third year and making plans and growing and building is really speaks well to the the dedication and work that you guys are putting in. Thanks. So a few a few quick things that Tim does talk about, and I'll just gloss over these 
real or actually they're just highlights he he talks about like lessons learned like they learned that promo distribution is really hard um listening to him tell stories about that is incredible if you ever have a chance you should ask him about it because i i i could not have predicted what a logistics hassle that ends up being yeah, so there's there's a reason MTG discontinued the player rewards, and it wasn't because players l- hated them. Mm-hmm. It was it was just <laughs> it was just the the sheer number of you know like one in a hundred errors. Well, when there's you know I'll say five thousand judges, that's fifty yep. that's fifty boo boos. And from my time in Exemplar, I'll also say that judges are really bad about updating their address when they move, like absolutely awful. I can definitely believe that. As somebody that moves, I feel like once a year, <laughs> I'm probably guilty of that myself. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, I mean, resources aside, because I think that it's, it's that's something that people understand, right? The idea of mailing and then you say, okay, well, we're mailing with tracking from one place in the world to another place in the world twice a year. There's the sort of expense to it and everybody knows that that's expensive. But when you also look at the the non-monetary resources it takes up, uh, the getting everything packaged, getting, getting everything ready to go, and then the thousands of emails before and after a a wave to say, hey, I want to make sure that this information is correct. Can you just check that I'm eligible? Can you make sure that this is, you know, or a week after they've gone out, hey, I realized I didn't update my address. What do I do? Um, and so my time personally was spent probably the two months leading up to and the two months after most of the questions inbox was around specifically mailing and that happened twice a year in 2020. Uh, and so there is obviously the monetary resource where we're trying to get fees as low as possible for judges and trying to meet that along with the cost that it would actually take to do global, uh, oversight, uh, logistics overhead, um, is huge, but there's also all of that non-monetary sort of time and resources yeah. that made it hard to keep up with. Yeah, and I, I will say you, you said that you think people can understand the the cost of of global mailing. I'll I'll actually poke at that a little bit and say I think that most people, like specifically in the U.S., don't understand the problems and the challenges of getting something like through customs in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are definitely areas where um, it is it is very hard to deal with with local customs. It's very hard to deal with international postage um, or even some areas when you send it, even if you send it tracked, it only tracks it until the next time it lands and then the rest of the four stops in the journey it's not even tracked even though you had tracking just because different systems around the world don't talk to each other in tim's email he mentions a few other areas of things that that you guys have accomplished is or are are accomplishing you're you're working with tos or you're you're forming some sort of like outreach or ability to work with them to kind of convince them that judges are best suited to work their events. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's we've we've hired a champion that is specifically our TO sort of champion, and the idea is to both educate. You know, the the starting goal is to educate TOs on why they need judges and help them out there, and then that's one of the best ways that we can have an impact on organized play is working with TOs, but also working with wizards um, regard as they set new requirements, applications, guidelines for organizers, helping them gain the tools they need and understand how to make their events better is going to be a great way for us to impact the the lives of judges themselves. So we have somebody that we've brought on, um, Thomas Conmey, who is uh, dedicated to being our sort of outreach for organizers. Right. I think that's going to be a really great direction for Judge Academy, like to to take on additionally, because I feel like in communities where there are a ton of judges, it becomes very apparent why judges are a great aspect of the community and why they're so necessary. But you know, people in the middle of TOs in the middle of nowhere might not have a judge to wander in and be amazing at them, you know, like regularly. <laughs> so so I think it's going to be really great to have these super accessible resources for TOs going forward that can, you know, sort of help them out and t- show them show them that a better way is possible. Right. And I'll say for, for our listeners, if you're listening to this, be sure by listening to this podcast and other resources that you are the type of judge that can wander into a store and be awesome at the TO. That's your job. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So to be clear, yeah. If I, if we say all this, if we're like, judges are amazing, go be amazing. And then you go out there and embarrass us. We will come for you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't embarrass us. Don't you do it. Yeah. You're embarrassing us in front of the wizards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> so, so yeah, that that was a thing. Uh, Tim also highlighted in the letter, and you you can go read it. But he highlighted things that went well. The judge specific events. Uh, there was some MTG arena events. Uh, they rolled out hats and jackets in in working with what is it MTG Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the office hours that Nicolette does. Nicolette, what what are your office hours? Uh, they are the first Wednesday of every month uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. And usually we do our big announcements or our monthly updates because they're normally not this big. Uh, but we do those on Tuesday and then Wednesday I'm around for questions. And if I'm ever not or that time doesn't work out i always tell people feel free to shoot me an email message reach out to the contact us anything like that i'm happy to chat and odds are really good that i'm not going to have that ep- this episode up before tomorrow at 10 o'clock reasonable time. sorry but definitely check that out we'll actually post that to twitter uh so that people can join and that is via twitch did you say twitch or... Uh, no, we use we actually do office hours in the Judge Academy Discord. Uh, okay. It is open for anybody, so regardless of whether or not you are a Judge Academy judge, you can join the Discord. And the Discord is at the bottom of all of – it's in our footer on the website, but it's also linked in a bunch of places. Awesome. All right. He also announced uh, that some diversity and cultural competence training is a common in some form or fashion. It says you have – you've brought in an expert – 
Yeah, we've, um, Tim has been working with um, various people with different uh, PhDs or um, education in, uh, to create cultural competence trainings. And he's kind of taken up that, that mantle to make sure he's very, um, cares a lot about that subject. And uh, I know that, I don't know if all of the Trainers have been uh, solidified there, but I know at least a couple of them have, and um, they're the group of them have been working on outlines and um, classes and what and different modules to to make a comprehensive. I th- I want to say it's five, but I know that they're probably. Uh, five or six classes, but I think that there will be more information once it's a little closer to being done and we have uh, confirmation from all of the um, seminar organizers. So you said pe- people with actual education as opposed to just some some dude on YouTube? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of Perlman's education came from the streets. What is... Street spot. All my all my education came from people arguing in the comments of a YouTube video. Oh, that'll learn you all right. Yeah. I also believe that COVID vaccines uh, cause you to grow a 5G antenna out of your Bill Gates microchip. I know it did for me. Yeah. It's... No, I think we have... Uh, I think we have somebody who has uh, a master's in applied behavioral science, I believe. I think we have um, the uh, PhDs in psychology and some other, uh, some other folks that are working on stuff. And I know that uh, a lot of that's still being ironed out, which is why it wasn't completely sort of, as soon as we get announcements and it's, or get information and it's finalized and confirmed, uh, we've been, doing our best to get that information out to people because we know that they're interested person with phd in behavioral psychology or someone's aunt on facebook one of the two one of the two you get to pick ants on facebook could have phds too you know it is (laughs) not the point (laughs) (laughs) that'll be in your diversity and cultural competence (laughs) training prill oh that's that's Okay, so that's that's the letter from Tim in a in a nutshell, and we'll we'll have a link. It's it's on the the blog post as well. That's kind of where we've been, and a little bit of hints and like what went well in the last year. Uh, however, Nico's article and the reason we've got her on is the Judge Academy 2022 and beyond. Yes. What changes are being brought to the party? Uh, a, a ton of changes. Um, structurally, we have uh, one of the things we've tried to do both as Judge Academy, but also working with wizards to help them understand um, judges is look at the different motivations and psychographs of the different motivations, needs, pain points of various judges. And so as we looked at that, we realized that there were people that cared a lot about very different things. And in the past, there's occasionally been this feeling of if you're not a judge for X reason, you're not being a judge the right way, right? We have, but there are people all over who, who 
specialize in specific parts of judging. There are people who are amazing at events. There are people who are amazing mentors and community help that have never been to a large event and everybody in between. And those people have different needs and we need to develop different tools and different education to help each of those. Because as it stood, we are, we can be pretty good at taking care of a few kinds of judges, but we want to make sure that we're hitting everybody's needs. And so one of the things we did was kind of look at those um, psychographics and say, okay, well, what different kinds of judges are there? And uh, at an event versus within the community, whether it's people who are highly logistics focused, whether it's people who are highly community focused, highly rules focused, or sort of highly policy focused. And a lot of judges fit into more than one of these categories, but specifically separating it out helps make sure that every production cycle of content, we are putting something out for various individuals and making sure that, you know, the community judges aren't left behind or the events judges aren't left behind as we create content. I think these different roles make a ton of sense because I feel like it, it makes more sense to bring people together based on their sort of shared interests in what, you know, what brings them to the judge community more so than physical location, because I don't always know that I, I have a lot in common with other judges just because they are directly next door to me. I mean, I hope I do, but I don't know that. But I know that if somebody else feels similarly about their motivations for being here, I think that's a much more hmm. like a much more clear defining reason to come together. I don't know. I think it's cool. I was going to say, so listeners, you will have a chance to apply for these roles. Um, Check out the the original article, the original blog post and all that for a link to apply. Yeah, for each of these uh, psychographs, we're essentially looking for somebody to help us champion the needs in creating the content for that. Um, so like Samo mentioned, there's going there. Are, if you look at our Get Involved tab on our website on judgeacademy.com, there is a full breakdown of these four champion roles as well as a communications champion role uh, to kind of help us with our, I don't know, make it so that our announcements aren't 26 pages. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that, that um, meme where somebody's looking for a graphics designer and they just like put, we need graphic designer in paint. Um, (laughs) So we are also looking for somebody to help with uh, copy edits and whatnot. And uh, these are, Intentionally uh, part-time positions, although we know that some people fall under more than one of these champions. We know that some people might full-time versus part-time might be better. Um, And these are open to both um, U.S. residents and non-U.S. residents. So they are remote positions, um, and we're hoping to basically create a community team where We are pushing out content on a regular basis, putting out modules to help various judges and to help them um, feel more seen, I guess, in the content creation. And uh, everything from, you know, what modules come out and what tools come out to 
special seminars or programming or even just merchandising. One of the things that we've talked about is the fact that different judges think different magic products are cool and uh, a community focused judge cares a lot about being a part of the community. So they might like things that are just judge Academy branded or magic branded or judge branded. Uh, whereas, you know, people who are rules focused judges are, they like the blanket that lists all of the layers on it, or they like the shirt that says, you know, I learned layers so you don't have to, where you're walking by and you're like, ah, I see you. That is and cute. you make this connection. And so even down to the offerings and the swag that we offer or the, the merchandising offerings we can, we can create with different companies that we license with, that's going to having somebody that is specifically working towards the needs of those different groups will help guide the the creation of that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about having a champion to oversee each each of each of these areas. I, I, I do have one one question. Will uh the champions in these respective areas uh we used to have this thing called O in the mm-hmm. in the old judge program where they they were empowered to give official answers will these champions be can they be empowered to give o answers to questions uh so o answers are hard because there's definitely going to be judge academy official communication and then there's communication that comes from wizards and um when the the person in say the policy champion policy focused judge the champion for those judges is likely to act as a conduit to help get o answers and and official answers if there's uh things that are unclear or things that need to be um explained more clearly working with wizards and working with our partner manager that we are that we have at Wizards is going to be uh, one of those tasks. Whether or not that turns into uh, Wizards empowering a that champion to give Wizards official answers um, versus repeating an answer from whoever has the ability to give an O answer on Wizards' side, it is still something that we're working out with them. Uh, because we're still trying to find that balance when it's when it's a judge academy thing. Absolutely, they are. Uh, we we try to be very clear when somebody is representing us as judge academy, and that was one of the big issues with contractors versus employees is the amount of oversight we can give and the amount of representing yourself as an official spokesperson for uh-huh. judge academy. But working with wizards for those. Um, is likely to be more of a conduit. Although if there's something that people are looking for an O answer, we have standing meetings. We have a partner manager that we work with on a weekly basis. We can get those answers, even if we are not empowered to make the decision ourselves, which we're still working on. Okay. So you you guys also, eh. We can talk about community consultants at a later time. Uh, so <laughs> let's go. We've we've already had you on for forty minutes, and we haven't started talking about a subject very near and dear to lots of judges' hearts: the dollars. <laughs> 
the cash money. The first year Judge Academy was around, we had dues based on level. So it was 100 for level 1, 200 for level 2, 400 for level 3. That is U.S. dollar. Last year, no dues. So this year, what are we just going to like split the difference? <laughs> How's that work? Well, uh, we did waive renewal fees. We still had dues for new members um, for new oncoming oh. level ones uh, during 2021. But for renewing members, uh, we just waived that renewal fee and basically extended people's memberships through the end of 2021. Um, one, because we wanted to sort of figure out where we were going in the future. And we wanted to make sure that before we asked anybody to make another decision that was going to affect them financially, especially during such a time like COVID, that we knew exactly what we were working towards and people had the information. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to give all this context and all this information at once. Mm -hmm. uh, so instead of by level, our plan is twofold around um, to, to membership dues. Uh, one is that we made everybody the same uh, level, of the, the same cost, regardless of certification level. So whether you are a level one, level two, or level three, you are paying the same amount. And the second is that we lowered that fee for everyone um, to 75 US dollars and removed uh, VAT. So if you were in the EU and you had Previously, we had to collect uh, VAT, and we worked on reclassifying and restructuring in order to have that not apply. So, um, and the VAT is uh, value added tax. Okay. Uh, it is a specific tax that applies to uh, in different percentages to various EU countries. Oh. Um, and so for some. In some areas, the fee was 20%, if not more, oh, uh, which was immediately a thing that we started looking for solutions for because that was not – that was something that whether you were a level one that was suddenly looking at $120 or you were a level four <laughs> – or sorry, <laughs> level three, paying four hundred dollars plus another twenty percent, uh, it got got hectic. So, and so, go ahead. So I'm real. I'm real happy with seventy five dollars, seeing as how uh, last time I paid four hundred. And I'll, I'll say from my perspective, one of the the big problems I had was L threes consume the less the least amount of Judge Academy content, mm -hmm. right? especially already existing ones, ones that had been around, whereas an L1 was consuming the most. Like, they had their whole career. They were consuming the initial content and before. So realistically, in terms of, you know, consumption of content and the, the dollars being used to generate, it should almost have been flipped, but $400 for an L1, like, no one would... <laughs> No one would join if they had to pay the that 400 would, to get in there. That would make people right. get out the pitchforks. Right. And, and similarly, one of the things that we looked at was when we were trying to figure out ways to lower prices as much as possible was like, okay, well, what if you pay uh, as a testing fee instead? Or what if you pay um, in order to advance? And there's there's pluses and minuses to both of those. But, you know, the same thing happens where uh, – 
it kind of stinks if you, we want people to join the community. And if somebody uh, pays money, takes a test and fails, there's this like, well, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. Um, that feels really bad. It feels real bad. And especially we, I mean, I go into it a little bit in the article, but we were trying to figure out what to do around the level three process. And that was crazy because uh, the previous judge program relied on hours, like hundreds of hours of volunteer work to get one person through the level three process. And when we started Judge Academy, we tried to just transfer the entire system as much as possible. And it was coming to $750 US dollars per candidate that was just going out to costs that Judge Academy was paying contractors to do. Uh, and that's everything from the actual panel to uh, PEIs to t- testing admins. And that's not including things like the oversight for the self-review team or the PEI lead or anything like that. And so those costs were insane. And if we were to say, okay, well, how about we just charge people who are level two, who are wanting to advance level three, the cost that it costs us to certify them. And we go, well, that's a thousand dollars and we're not going to put you know, we we don't want people to feel this barrier that's stopping them to advance. Um, so we've streamlined the process a little bit. We are eating some costs as it as it pertains to advancement and and the uh, advancement process. But I think that's the best solution we came for for the overall community, where you are not having to make a decision on whether or not to advance and looking at it as a matter of can I afford to advance and here everybody pays the same amount and uh regardless of where on the level structure you are so if you are on l1 and you're looking at level two you no longer have to look at it well do i have two hundred dollars because i didn't have i barely had a hundred dollars now what am i gonna do yeah one one of the things for judges I don't I don't think most judges understand or realize the amount of effort that goes into helping them get level 1, level 2, level 3. And if you convert that into like a, you know, dollars per hour kind of kind of equation, it's <laughs> it's insane. Honestly, if you like tallied up the man hours it took to make me a competent judge, like competent enough to pass the tests, it would be just a nuclear amount of money. <laughs> But we got there. We got there eventually. But yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't charge by the hour for all that. Uh, so, so instead of uh, paying, instead of charging people different amounts per level, we have this lowered fee for everybody, and then we are going to have a a separate sort of funding leg, um, which is merchandising, where we have the ability to get some. Uh, merchandising around artwork from wizards and the creation of um, lifestyle-ish packages. And that way, uh, you know, one of the things we heard over COVID was, hey, I know I appreciate what you're doing because not a lot of people have this disposable income right now, but I do. 
is there anything I can do with it? You know, money burning a hole in somebody's pocket, we want to give them something, right? And so um, rather than saying, if you, you have to pay more because you are a level three, we're saying everybody pays the same amount. But as we get further along, we're going to be introducing uh, merchandising packages that are essentially lifestyle packages where if you are interested in collectability and cool swag or um, cool, you know, hats, shirts, playmats, whatever, um, and you have that disposable income, you can purchase these additional things if you are somebody who wants to collect things or um, but nobody's required to. And that way that lets the people who want that stuff sort of subsidize uh, us lowering the fees for everybody, because not everybody has that. And whether you're a level one, a level two or a level three, um, we wanted to put everybody on the same playing field. And there might, there's going to be some merchandising packages that are gated. So, you know, I could easily see, we're still working out some of the details, but I could easily see something where there's a package that every judge could purchase if they wanted to. And then there's a package that maybe only L3s could purchase. And figuring out what goes in those packages is, uh, is going to be, you know, hard <laughs> because we want to make sure that we are catering to the needs that people want and without making anybody feel like they can't have access to the thing. But really what we're doing is giving us optional funding resources that people overall aren't required to do. And that lets us lower the fees for everybody. I'm really glad we're, we're able to talk about this just a little bit now. I know we can't reveal specifics yet, but some of the things coming down the pipe, you guys are so, so cool. And I think you're going to be so hyped to see all of the things we're coming up with. Uh, so what level do I have to be to unlock the fibble fib face mask? <laughs> it's just a full face, like rubber face mask. Yeah, it's just Sam, are you taking eyeball. notes? <laughs> right. You know I am. You know I've got these notes. Like, <laughs> She's helping us brainstorm some, some... The sky is absolutely the limit yeah. here. Yeah, please please write write that down. Fibble fib spelled... So yeah, if you... So audience, if you have any great ideas, feel free to feel free to let us know. <laughs> yeah, this is something where we're working with various, you know, producers and merchandising people so that we can figure out the best way to create packages that people who have who have the resources and want to show support for the program can do so and get cool collectible things. Okay, so let me let me ask this question, uh, Sama. Uh, you, you said let us know, and 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 when you said us, you were talking about Judge Academy, not Judge Cast, right? How would yeah, they... I'm talking about Judge Academy because I just want to see what people put in the comments. Because if if you came up with Fibblethip face mask, I can only imagine what our listeners will, <laughs> so will stew how, out for us. How how would they go about contacting uh, you guys with such ideas? Well, uh, the best way to contact us pretty much always is through our contact us form. It's on the uh, bottom of each of our pages on judgeacademy.com. It links us to the contact us form and that gives us uh, your name and email. And also you can say, you know, feedback, general questions, anything like that. 
So we're happy to take that. We'll filter it to whoever needs to see it as we come up with ideas. And we kind of have a, a sandbox playground of what would be cool things and what kind of judges would like those cool things. Uh, and so that's definitely all still open and it is a stream of processing and revenues that we haven't quite looked at before. And I'm excited to do so for 2022 because the more popular that becomes <laughs> um, and the more popular we can make that, the more we can sort of continue to have that allow us to do more cool things for everybody because we have more resources. Okay. I do I do have a few quick, quick points to make about membership dues from, from your blog post and then a question for something that mm -hmm. I didn't fully understand. So the $75, the membership is for one year. Uh, 2022 renewals will open in November, but no one will expire until January 1st, 2022, right? So you'll have the two, the two months to renew. Yeah. And, and even after that, we've, we've added a little bit of a grace period to sort of help people, um, if there's an issue, you know, over the new year and, and all that, but, uh, but yes, it'll add renewing in November doesn't hurt you. It just adds 12 months to whenever your expiration date was. Okay. Which for most people were 2020. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do, and so this was the thing that I, I didn't know, or I, I didn't understand, or either I read, I read words and couldn't, couldn't make brain work. So if I joined in 2021, mm -hmm. uh, what is my expectation for 2022? Uh, Whatever your date was for 2021, uh, you your membership lasts a year. Uh, so for for the majority of people, um, majority of our members joined prior to that. But for the judges that did join new in 2021, uh, you won't have any renewals or anything due until a year um, from when you got your membership. So if you got your membership in February of 2021, it lasts until uh, February of 2022, and that's when your your renewal will be. It's not a uh, yearly thing or anything that's like – it's okay. not a yearly due by calendar year. It's, it's 12 months as you go. Okay. What happens if I decide to not pay? Like I'm like, ah, done. Like what, happen what happens January, January 1st? Sure. Um, so, uh, January 1st, you'll probably get a nice reminder email. Um, but, uh, at, we've added a little bit of a grace period there, um, at the end of January. So February 1st, um, you're, you'll be set to the highest badge that doesn't have a, um, a membership fee associated with that. So, uh, you, if you were a level three and you don't pay your 75 renewal um, sometime between November 1st and January 31st, on February 1st, you would be set to um, a rules advisor. It wouldn't remove any of the classes and stuff you've taken, but it does have your um, – it will revert your level to the, the unpaid rules advisor. And then once I revert back, like, let's say I, I don't pay, but then I, I want to come back. So let's, let's just, I'll use me as an example. I'm a level three and I don't pay. 
and I, you know, get reset back to rules advisor. And then in March or April, I want to rejoin, Mm -hmm. pay my 75. The note says I need to take, what is it? I need to take the level three exam and then I'm back to level three, or do I need to go through level one, level two, or is that still kind of TBD-ish? Part of it depends on how long people have been, um, been unserted for, like if we're talking, you know, a few months um, or a few years. Uh, one of the things we want to make sure is that somebody who uh, is that regardless of whether or not you transfer your level now or if you want to come back in six months, uh, we want to make sure that you're up to date and have completed everything. So uh, we do know that there are some people who transferred in their historical levels. Um, if, say, you got a level two, but you never did any of the L2 stuff, then if your level lapsed and you wanted to come back later, you would actually need to, if you haven't already, and most of them have, but if you haven't already, you'd actually need to do the stuff because we're no longer keeping uh, it, it's a previous certificating uh, certifying bodies certification. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that uh, if you're coming back um, to judge Academy, that we can feel comfortable understanding that everybody's kind of on the same level. And what that means is that you've completed the, the necessary modules to get to that level. So if you leveled up through judge Academy and you let your level lapse, uh, then you'll need to show that you're up to date. Uh, and I don't know if we've explicitly worked out, and I'm sure we will before the before anybody's level expires, but what you need to do to come back, whether it's a practice exam or a full exam or um, the best way for us to just make sure that you are up to date and that if you're going to have the Judge Academy certification, that that means something. Because the last thing we want to do is remove meaning from it. You reduced dues from 75 or, or from like 100 200 $400 to $75. So probably something had to give. Mm-hmm. So the one of the big bits of news is the direct mailings of Judge Promos are no longer going to occur? Yes. Um, so not only was this, uh, obviously one of the most logistically hard portions, um, (laughs) as we mentioned, uh, but it also ate up so much of a member's dues that we didn't have the resources to do any of the cool things that we want to put out content on a regular basis and create, you know, update quizzes and all of this stuff. And so, um, And as we become more of a global community, uh, it's harder and harder to, you know, it gets expensive to serve judges that are not U.S. judges, frankly, because (laughs) we were in the U.S. And and it becomes hard. And so uh, the direct mailings have have stopped. Uh, What that does mean is it means a couple of things. It means that... um, all of that, uh, all of those resources are now being put into conferences, so we can approve more conferences with higher caps um, or more smaller conferences if that's what the community wants. 
we can do more things with those resources and we have the ability to do so because um, not only is this sort of reset allowing us to spend more of our time and more of our financial resources on all of the stuff we want to do to serve judges, update quizzes, you know, maintenance and modules, new content coming out, cool initiatives, special programming, anything like that. One of the issues about promos is whenever you start talking about them, they have a tendency to become all the conversation ends up being about. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of like the fact that you guys are, are able to like separate further the, the actual content and stuff like that, that judge Academy is providing from uh, the, the, the foils. It, it, it felt a little, little transactional before, but. This, and we uh, got this... that feedback and, and we wanted to fix that because, you know, that wasn't our goal and we want to encourage people. We, we want to find ways to bring people together. And we found that there were communities for which digital conferences were amazing because turns out it's really hard to have physical conferences when you're in remote areas. And that's whether you're somewhere in, in you know, the Middle East or whether you're in snowy parts of Canada or where, you know, rural parts of the U.S. Uh, all over, it's hard to physically get some places. And so one of the big things this allows us to do is to, it's not, it doesn't have to be an either or for conferences. We can continue to offer digital conferences this way where we wouldn't have been able to if we were continuing to uh, do, say, direct mailings because, um, you know, everything's coming out of the same resource pot. It's just how do we want to use it? And as I understand things, so there's going to be in 2022, there's going to be re the return of physical conferences, mm -hmm. right? Uh, promos are going to come out quarterly like they've done for the seven years prior, <laughs> even longer. Um, the physical conferences and the online conferences will both get the two current promos. Physical conferences will also get the two two older ones of, of some nature. Okay, I, I like that because one of one of the great things about conferences is actually physically coming together and seeing other people and meeting them and stuff like that. And I realize that not everyone can do that, you know, like yeah. those those areas. But there is a real tangible advantage to doing that um uh people get together they go out to dinner after the physical conferences they don't just peace out of zoom you know at, mm -hmm. at, at 4 p.m so i i really like the the encouragement for for physical conferences i i'm glad and i think the biggest thing when we were trying to figure out a um a promo distribution that worked around conferences is we wanted to acknowledge the fact that, you know, some areas just can't do physical conferences. And with that, we don't want to cut people off from the ability to gather remotely. And in some areas, you know, there's going to be a mix and some areas might choose to be only physical, but it's really going to be up to the organizers and to see what the community needs. Um, but this way we can kind of acknowledge the, the added um, logistics of attending a physical conference without removing the specialness or making people who can't come together physically feel left out because they can't get 
access to, you know, the new promos. So speaking of left out, I think something that got brought up a bit today was for people that tend to work weekends, which is when a lot of conferences take place, there was some concern there as to how do they attend. Um, And I think, Nicolette, you had said that in the past, um, there's been approval for conferences that are at during weekdays or like a series of conference, little smaller module conferences over the course of a week and like the evenings. So, yeah, whatever your community needs, and this is for, you know, listeners, like whatever your community needs, I know in particular that, that I've known judge cast to be incredibly <laughs> helpful for remote judges um, specifically because you might not get to come together with judges that often. Yeah. And so whatever your community ends up needing is something that we want to help support. Uh, And so if that's a day-long conference on a Saturday or Sunday, great. If that's a four-hour conference on a Wednesday night, sure. If that's every Tuesday you all come together and after you've gathered four times, you know, or put on seminars, uh, you get together every Tuesday and do a one hour presentation and then some, some dinner. And then, you know, after four, we consider it a conference. There's a lot of flexibility. And part of that is because we're a global program. And so whatever you, there's going to be something. And if you feel like there's not something for you that can help you learn, that can help you attend, bring your community together, uh, you can be that person. You can send us a conference request. We'll be opening up for conf- uh, conference requests for 2022 in the next week or two here. Um, and you'll be able to submit requests. And I'm happy to look at requests for all sorts of different structures and whatever, you know, if you're not seeing something that works for you, Maybe other people are, are feeling that same way, and maybe you can put together, you know, a seminar series or a whatever happens to work for your area, right? Mock tournaments, trials uh, attached to events, little presentations that happen you know, before pre-release, that's actually been really popular. If you're an area that ho- that has a lot of uh, stores or anything like that, doing some sort of digital or physical gathering before a pre-release to go over new set mechanics, to go over anything. And that could be during the week, that could be during the weekend, whatever works for you all. Let me let me throw out for for the listeners. If you are someone who works the weekend and you're and you're thinking, I need a Wednesday conference. Okay, you probably in your region have someone that routinely runs online conferences now. Consider reaching out to them and just finding out what would be necessary to for you to run. Because it's like I just did my first online conference. I've done several physical ones, a lot of physical ones, but this was my first <laughs> digital one uh, a, a month ago, and. You know, there was a lot of questions, and I reached out to people who had previously done this kind of thing. And so consider using people who do this kind of thing as a, as a resource for doing it yourselves. It's a lot of planning. I don't want to say like it's it, – it, I don't want to quite say it's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning that results in not a lot of work, if that makes sense. Like, well, I think the, the more the more planning you do – 
the less craziness yeah. it is day of. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of what, what I'm saying is, is because you could have like a three month lead time and in planning this thing, and you do like 20 minutes a week for three months, and then when you get to the end, you do, you don't have any sort of crazy anything's running around at the last minute. So consider reaching out to people. You can tweet us for advice if you if you don't have anyone. And when I say us, I mean Judge Cast for help or suggestions or something like that. If you don't have anyone in your region, uh, but definitely we we want to help. I feel like most judges that take the um, the initiative to organize conferences and, and do stuff like that really really want to see other judges succeed in their efforts, and will will give good faith advice. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, and and the. Um, one of the benefits of the structure that we've chosen for 2022 is that the number of conferences is only going to increase because rather than trying to split a split resources we have into three or four different, you know, pools uh, for different purposes, <laughs> at least for 2022, it's clear where our resources are going and that means that we can approve a lot more conferences it mean it means that we can allow regions to come together every set if not more every month you know depending on the options and whether or not there are people that want to organize those kind of conferences um, there are some areas where they don't run a lot of conferences and maybe that'll change maybe it won't but uh, if you're not seeing a conference in your area, you know, we have a module on both presenting at and organizing a digital conference, and we accept applications from people regardless of level. So, you know, we're happy to work with you. I've personally worked with a number of organizers organizing their first conference and help them sort of figure out where they need to be. And uh, anything that leads to more judges building a community together is working in the right direction so what about the new promos that are coming out because you guys spoiled some today that are pretty sexy i'm very excited <laughs> that auditions uh, art is amazing it's yes. all amazing sam won't stop staring at it <laughs> um <laughs> so good so our theme this year is enchantments. Um, we have shown the art for Greater Oromancy and Omniscience, which are the first uh, quarter one, you know, the two promos in quarter one. Um, we also got to share the sketches and draft art that came up. So that, that was really exciting for us to get to do. We had our own sort of preview season, um, which was cool. And, uh, but we announced Greater Oromancy and Omniscience, and then uh, the presenter uh, staff bonus, which we have not shown the artwork for, is going to be No Mercy for the first half of the year. And those are only going to be available um, for organizers and presenters and staff uh, until the end of year conference. Um, and that's one of the oh. things that we sort of, uh, tried to work into feedback that we got around this. Obviously, this year we have um, four new promos for the 2021 end of year conferences. And um, one of the things we wanted to do was we heard from people, okay, well, what if I don't have the opportunity to get that? Um, and so we kind of tried to uh, attack it from both sides. And um, we managed to 
have another plan for another end of year conference at the end of next year, while also giving organizers, presenters, staff uh, a thing that is, you know, not going to be available for anybody else for 10 months or however long until the December conferences. So that no mercy promo is going to be a, a staff promo. Um, And if you don't find yourself being able to organize or present at at a conference, um, you'll still be able to get it at the end of the year. But in the meantime, it'll be available just for those who are helping facilitate these sort of educational gatherings. Cool, cool. Uh, and then we also shared uh, Parallel Lives and Strangleholds, uh, Stranglehold, which are going to be the quarter two, but we have not shown any art for that. Well, the, the art for Omniscience and Greater Oromancy, they're absolutely beautiful. I take it No Mercy is probably going to have new art, too, because the the original style is is probably a little more cartoonish than Watsy wants to put out these days. Uh, yes, it's all new <laughs> art. Um <laughs> All of it's new art, um, and that's really exciting. Uh, and the parallel lives is one that we're we're hoping to get some uh, be able to do something similar around um, previewing. And obviously, we kind of did this and wanted to see how it went, and the overall response was positive so we're going to be working with um nate who's is our project or our um partner manager at wizards uh to continue getting these opportunities to get um drafts and work in progress shots and anything that we can get we're we're gonna use nice all right so for the full promo schedule uh you can check out again nico's blog uh, which we'll have a link to. That'll be a, that's a running theme. Uh, we'll have the link to the blog. <laughs> uh, scrolling down. Um, so we tried really hard to give everybody lots of information, and we kept on being like, "Yeah, but they could use. We could be more clear." Or we. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept getting longer, especially yeah. with pictures of like the new features and stuff. Right there, there's definitely a a balance between. We want to be transparent and give all of the information so that everybody knows everything. And the you get to drink from the fire hose kind of. (laughs) Yeah. And it is very important that, you know, at least there's going to be little bits of information that continue to come out between now and when renewals turn on. But our big thing was we don't want anybody having to make a financial decision without being completely having all of the information about our fees and services and structure and all that for 2022. That's all the the promo announcement, the fees. Um, the there there is a uh, L3 uh, change a coming. You you teased a little bit, or you had another link to a, a, another page where you talked about a. A large tournament head judge check. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're probably going to want to have a separate episode on level, just the level three in general, because it's a lot different than the last time we talked about it. So we'll probably save that unless there's a specific note you want to make about the, the level three redef or. Uh, I think just, just there's a, a separate link that specifically we broke it out from the, from the announcement because, you know, not everybody's going to be necessarily interested in advancement, but we wanted to have it there. 
So uh, if you have questions about that, or especially if you're somebody that's been looking at advancement or was wanting to look at advancement during COVID and you have any questions, please feel free to email me. Uh, you can use our questions inbox um, through the contact us form, or you can just email me directly. Uh, I'll have BPRIL message, you know, post it, but my email is just nicolette at judgeacademy.com, and I'm happy to answer any of those questions personally. Yeah, I was actually thinking when I was reading these today, I was thinking, you know, having an episode for, for us, JudgeCast, on how to give someone a reco, like what do you need to do to give someone a reco for level one or level two might be a good future topic. Mm. Uh, but that's us. We need to be <laughs> talking about you. So after after this, all, all of the announcements and stuff like that, you guys also teased some a massive set of site improvements. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, that's yeah. it. That's it. Thanks for joining uh, us. There's a huge overhaul happening um, over the next month or two. Uh, we've got preview picks if you're interested, but there's everything from um, messaging and activity feed if you want to keep track, if you want to celebrate people uh, who are your friends who are advancing, uh, a skill endorsements panel, which is kind of like trying to find a balance between social media and LinkedIn for judges in the sense that, you know, if you're really good at skills, we really want people to uh, be able to commend you on that and have a way to reach out and give you, you know, a good thumbs up on, on your skills. I, I saw where you're saying you're adding, you're adding messaging, friends list, activity feed. This is, this is great. The, the messaging. I'm super That's excited about that. So nice. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. judges are so hard to get a hold of. Like, I realize that there's a lot that's locked down because of privacy concerns and various international, you know, you're, you're kind of coding to the, the least, not the least common denominator, the greatest com, like the most restrictive of all the countries that you have to operate in. You're kind of working yes. towards that. Um, but it's, it's been really hard to find someone, uh, like, like they're, they're straight up in the, in the conference. Uh, that I had, there's, there's somebody that, that misprovided their email and like trying to figure out who that person is. Cause when I do like an export to, to, to contact them, it's blank, it's, you know, typos can't figure out who they are and just being able to like click and message them mm -hmm. and is going to be so nice. Yeah. I think that, um, it's, it's also, I think going to be helpful for people who, frankly, might not be interested in, in adding every judge that they're on, on, you know, an event with to their Facebook at all times or, or having that sort of awkward, like, are we going to be friends? Um, but obviously we want to make it as accessible as possible to people uh, while still respecting their own um, privacy settings and their own sort of amount of information they want to share with others. So what, what is this persona system that you, you all are adding? Uh, so there are basically when you are uh, creating an account and everybody is going to end up, uh, everybody who's currently got an account is basically going to get auto 
put into judge, but then there's um, different accounts. And it's when you switch your persona, it basically just switches how you interact with the site. Uh, so, for example, if you are an organizer versus a judge, if there are different skill trees, um, whether or not you can like what uh, what features you have access to if you are a player versus if you are a judge. Um, most of it is just helping set up the site to be more usable depending on how you want to use it as opposed to, you know, fire hosing all of the information at everybody at all times. Um, so, so if you are a judge and, you know, that's really all you want to be dealing with on the site, you might only ever have a judge persona. Uh, but if you are a tournament organizer and a judge and you have a separate store, but maybe you also work events, you can kind of tailor your uh, accounts and the buttons you'll need access to at any point in time with the uh, based on how you're trying to interact with the site. Most people are just going to use the judge and the TO. I can see players. Um, I believe that, you know, what it, it's, if you're a player, we're going to give you information about judges and about events and how to become a judge. Maybe you can like favorite events and come back, but it's all basically tweaking how people interact with the site so that it is more usable. That's really all it is. It looks like you guys are improving the event creation listing and historical events to, to bring in more history. Yeah. Um, we are specifically, and it's taking a lot of work because, you know, privacy data, data laws and trying to make sure that we're being, we need to be compliant with our, all of the various laws and regulations globally. But... Lawyers ruin everything. <laughs> Um, but we are working with wizards to essentially get the ability for judges to request um, the uh, an, an export or import their their past events uh, from the previous system, so that they can uh, events. I believe anything that used their DCI number. So I don't know if we're going to be able to go back further than that. <laughs> um, but as long for as long as uh, Walter or Wizards Event Reporter existed, um, we're hoping to get data, and we're still working with the um, our developers, our lawyers, their lawyers, their privacy <laughs> folks. Um, but we're working on it, and it, everything is pointing towards it's going to happen, which is going to be cool. Uh, it also looks like you have some tools coming for judge project management? Yeah, uh, judge project management, as well as just as a judge, you know, as a member of Judge Academy, whether or not you are on a, uh, a project, you will still have access to these uh, project management tools. Um, so whether you want to use that for personal use, uh, if what you really want is, you know, a, a to-do list, a calendar, a Gantt chart, um, any sort of, we've got a whole suite of uh, project management tools that all uh, 
paying members are going to have access to. And mostly we expect that to be used for um, managing projects uh, or possibly events if there's, you know, to-dos or you have people that are need to take care of different responsibilities leading up to an event. Um, but you all will have access to it and you'll be able to um, use it, whether it's public or private. Judge projects are something that's that's near and dear to my heart, and I so I'm happy to see that there's going to be. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the su- support for them in the in the direct sense from Judge Academy because obviously judge projects have to be independently organized. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But I'm glad that that you guys are giving us some tools or giving us a space that we can use to do stuff of our own volition. Yeah. Uh, we're, we are working on, you know, obviously the, the tools and stuff we announce and we are still looking into, but I believe I'm hoping that we'll have more information um, soon around uh, community blogs, which uh, we didn't put in the announcement because I don't have a ton of information about because it's not, <laughs> you know, solidified. But mm-hmm. if you're listening to this episode, community blogs, uh, we're working on it. One of the one of the things I miss about the olden days is just the random, you know, the random community blogs or the random blogs that that people created just for an, uh, an educational thing. So, you know, between this coming back potentially community blogs and then uh the champions i'm i'm excited for what the the future of content is going to look like and you know i understand that you're not exactly a competitor with judgecast but i i I welcome the competition (laughs) well if you if you want your own little your own little project you can Uh, do that too uh... You you mean you mean the Sam and I's Facebook chat is uh, needs needs more. Yeah, you can have your own little your own little Facebook chat. <laughs> so one other thing that I saw tucked down here at the bottom was a form that you can fill out if you are interested in beta testing. Yeah, as we um, we are getting different pages from our site um, thrown into a test environment, uh, obviously scrubbed data and personal personal information and all that. But um, we want to hear from judges as well as organizers, you know, anybody who wants to take a look as things roll out and give us feedback as, uh, as we test and see if there's anything that, you know, you feel like you need. Now's a great time to get us, give us that information. Um, we've already reached out to a number of uh, organizers to specifically invite them because we want to make sure that, you know, a lot of the uh, premier organizer type sub events, uh, those people that are putting out those uh, calls have everything they need from the Judge Academy event site. So, for example, um, making sure that we've reached out to the large TOs or the previous large TOs and said, hey, we want to get your feedback and make sure that this does all the things you need to do. Um, We also reached out to some of the uh, large uh, conference organizers and some of our other super users, but uh, everybody is welcome if you are interested in 
exploring our site as we get new features up. Uh, there is a link at the bottom of the article where you can sign up. And as we go through this process, before anything launches on the live site, we're going to be basically running it through our test site. And anybody that wants to join us to explore and kind of see what's coming is welcome to do so. So for all of you software types that were looking to volunteer to help with the website, but, you know, for whatever reason, you, you, you couldn't, here's an opportunity to beta test and help and provide feedback. Uh, or if you're just interested in, or if you're just one of these people that just want to know what's coming and you're just kind of curious. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly good at anything computer related, to be completely honest, but I'm just nosy enough to go in there and poke around, honestly. <laughs> now, the the last paragraph that you have or the last section that you have kind of tucked into here. Now, most of this we've we've been talking about stuff for judges, stuff for judges, stuff for judges. This this section here talks about a tournament organizer program. Can you can you fill us in a little bit on that? Yes. Yeah, so for uh, the organizer program or the TO program, one of the things we're trying to do is utilize the tournament organizer uh, champion that we're bringing in to not only help judges know which organizers, you know, to, to basically not only help organizers understand the benefits of judges and what they bring to events and how to create atmospheres where their roles are in the community, but there's a lot of information that we can use to grow there. And so one of the things that, you know, we have, we are just now starting. And so it's not, it's not necessarily coming soon in the next month, the next month or two, but as we go through 2022, we're actually going to start to see a TO skill tree opening up um, with some basic classes for organizers to help uh, organizers level up themselves because that's one of the easiest ways for us to make an impact on organized play is to make sure that whether they are putting out a call for their first large event series or whether they are applying for that series with wizards or, you know, whatever the organizers are trying to do, we want to help, help them through the process if possible, because that means that we're making things better for judges as well as we go through there. You know, I don't know. Um, I'm sure not every judge will be able to uh, relate, but I've definitely worked events where I felt like, um, the uh, organizer uh, didn't wasn't clear where their responsibilities are, where our responsibilities are, and that's just an education. That's nobody's fault. You know, the the a TO who has never worked an a, who has never run a large event might not know that it's hard to run a large event when you mm -hmm. only have when the computer that you're running the software on is also your point of, you know, your point of sales. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's not an uncommon thing for new organizers. What are the things you need to have um, to help be prepared for your first, you know, PPTQ in the past? <laughs> I'm, just laugh I'm just laughing because I'm remembering a time that I had to shoe an organizer because he was doing a, a Yu-Gi-Oh card buy and he was using 
the computer that I needed. I needed to turn the round on to look up card prices, and I was like, shoo, 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 shoo. And you know what? You know, I'm not trying to knock organizers. It's it's a it's, you know, it's just like judges that don't have that that might not know all of the tips and tricks to running an event. Mm-hmm. There's there's basics that we can teach organizers, and the 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 next. The more we can teach organizers, the less likely it is that somebody's going to come to their event and go, "What do you mean you don't have a printer, <laughs> oh, um, or or a paper cutter, <laughs> or table numbers?" Right? These are all yep. things that obviously most of the organizers that are currently existing are might have that knowledge, and it might be basic. But for somebody who's just wanting to start off or just wanting to make the jump from, say, I only run pre-releases and, and FNMs in my store, and I want to rent a ballroom for this qualifier event, um, how do they go from step A to step B? And so we want to help them along that process. Yep. That's awesome. Now you just got me thinking about, like, imagine hand-torn match slips. I mean, I've I've done it. Yeah. Uh, you gotta you gotta bend it first. You gotta like bend it and bend it back, and then pretend you didn't lick your finger to make it wet. <laughs> All right, straight up. I was at one event where I got there and I, I asked the judge, or sorry, the TO, where the table numbers were. He handed me a sharpie, a stack of printer papers, and a pair of scissors. Yeah. And well, I was like, <laughs> off you go. All right. Well, I I was gonna put the DCI numbers into into Word, but I guess I'm doing this instead. Uh, keeping you busy, keeping you on your toes, keeping you out of trouble. Yes. <laughs> so I have I have one last one last question before I guess we can turn it over turn it over to you to maybe to do anything that we might have missed that you want to address. Um, so in this announcement, I did not notice any plans to bring in another IP. Like when when Judge Academy started, there was talk about possibly bringing in other other IPs that there could be some cross pollination. Uh, yeah. What's what's the latest on that? Uh, so if I mean we briefly talked about this before, but at nineteen out of the last twenty four uh, of the last twenty four months of Judge Academy being launched uh, has been during a pandemic, and one of the things that. Uh, publishers are real not keen on at the moment is putting a bunch of resources into organized play because they maybe weren't sure if they were going to survive the pandemic or, you know, how their play was going to need to change. I mean, even, even wizards now uh, is still trying to figure out what a post COVID world looks like. Right. And so starting something new is scary, especially for some of the smaller companies that we were looking at um, trying to help uh, because there's a big investment there teaching modules and um, content creation support, finding a way to, you know, have the equivalent of uh, Judge Academy promos for other, for other IPs is hard, but you add to that the pandemic and the the concerns around that and um it's really put a halt that's still something that we're out there uh looking at we've submitted some proposals as we go um we've looked at everything from 
submitting a proposal to um, Flesh and Blood to uh, looking at, you know, ROTC stuff and uh, everything in between. And as much as possible, that's going to be something that we want to continue to do and is still something that we are absolutely willing and wanting to do. Uh, but it's something that the publishers themselves uh, really need to buy into. And hopefully, you know, all of these site updates, all of this new sort of revamping, because Judge Academy has essentially been in hibernation for the last year, um, just trying to make resources stretch out. There hasn't been a ton of time for development, uh, programming development. And so hopefully as we launch these new uh, site updates and features and new feel graphics overhauls, it starts to look more like something that people are excited to work with. Uh, and that will make it easier to acquire those. There's going to be some that are, are hard to acquire regardless because they either, you know, specifically don't want to associate or they specifically need things to be internal um, or they are non-U.S. based and don't want to work with a U.S. based company. There's there's a lot of things that are barriers, uh, but it's definitely something that we're still looking at and submitting proposals and trying to work towards. And I think as we get site updates and as we move out of COVID, there's going to be more opportunities. Awesome. Well, that, I guess that's all the questions I had. Did you, did you have anything that you wanted to touch on that we didn't cover? I guess I just want to acknowledge that this is a big change and this is a huge change. I think that this is a larger change than the change that we went through in in 2019, um, because one of the things that Judge Academy tried to do at launch was keep as many things the same as possible, and there were a lot of things that we just couldn't keep the same. And so, you know, COVID has allowed us to really rethink where we are, where we want to be, and I don't want to say it's ripping off like band-aids that have been on. Uh, but I do think that it's starting fresh and that um, our original at launch, we were so focused on transition and change and, and keeping people uh, retention, keeping people mm -hmm. the same and feeling the same and feeling of con continuity. And here we actually have the ability to uh, do change management in a way that like, actually acknowledges the changes and the differences to what the program is now than what it has been in the past. And that really wasn't something we, we could focus on before uh, because we were so focused on keeping everything as close to the same as possible. And what it ended up me, what we ended up doing was trying to, you know, shove a whole bunch of triangles into a circle slot or um, trying to, budge things to kind of make it work just so it could stay mostly the same. Uh, and, and that didn't work as well. And we only had a couple months to see it, but we could see it over the course of the pandemic as well. And so revamping, getting started, getting moving for 2022, 
this has allowed us to really spend, you know, this is not, these are not decisions we made lightly. These are decisions we've spent the last 19 months thinking about in one way or another. And so uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what's to come and I'm, um, but I know it's a big change and I'm always willing to talk to people and, if you message me, I will answer, um, especially if if you're going through, you know, my email um, and Discord in particular are the ones that I'm, I'm most active in. Um, my, you know, we have a Judge Academy Facebook page that a lot of us have access to that we can get answers to if you have quick questions. But if you ever just want to talk about stuff, I'm happy to set up a meeting, a Discord call for a time that works for both of us. How about that? Okay. Well, I... I think I'm tapped out in terms of questions. Uh, Sama? Um, I think that's about it. It's really going to be super interesting and exciting to see all of this unfold. I'm really looking forward to it. And all I think, like we said before, just everything coming up is super exciting. So I, I have a lot to be optimistic about, and I'm, I'm sure, Nico, that you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I definitely am excited to see things that we've been working on uh, public to see the change in our movement um, or everything from, you know, the way that we're going to be able to interact with judges to the way that we're going to be able to interact with wizards to uh, just everything. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. I, I... <laughs> So my first reaction when I, I read this, so I, I have a, a phenomenon, an internal phenomenon, where anytime I read anything new, I hate it. And then about five, <laughs> and then about five minutes later, I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. So when I, when I first started reading this, I was like, oh, this is so much. Oh, this is, oh. And then when I, when I, oh, I was like, okay, I'm going to make the notes for this. And I started going through it and reading all of it and actually like thinking about it and, and putting commentary. Cause this is before we had, you on as a guest. So I was like, I'd read the thing, I'd think about it, you know, and as I went through it, I was like, well, this seems common sense approach. This seems a common sense approach. Okay. This is good. This is, you know, this is reasonable kind of thing. And when I got to the end, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm fine with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's oh, all fine. And you know, the, the program has gone through a million iterations and I'm, I am confident that this is not, you know, the the be-all, end-all, exact way things are going to always work for the next 30 years um, because the world's going to change and we're going to do our best to change with it. Yeah, we'll have and, we'll have COVID-22. Who? <laughs> God, please. Yikes. I can't take it anymore. Settle down. <laughs> Yeah, I I admit I am really looking forward to the return of physical conferences. I miss them so much. I actually applied, uh, put in an application for a physical conference uh, about a half an hour before we started recording. Whoever's in charge of that one, be sure to deny his application. Don't let him come. <laughs> no, well, no, I put in no to run one. Oh, oh, oh! I just wanted to attend. I thought you were just excited to That's show okay. up. That's okay. Like, deny. I'm. I'm. The 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 statement still works, except for instead of an organizer, it's just me. <laughs> for a brief second, I almost had to add an explicit tag to this podcast. I was like, oh, got me. 
Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Nicolette, thank you for, for coming on. Uh, especially thank you for, for coming up with a, sh- uh, coming on on short notice. This was like, I mentioned to Sama, I was like, Hey, do you think we should have on a guest to talk about this stuff? So it's three people talking about it. And then Sama comes back two minutes later and she's like, how about Nicolette? And I'm like, okay, yes, please. <laughs> we were very we were very excited it's funny like just a just a minute or two before you i saw your message nicolette had had mentioned that she would be willing to pop on and answer some questions so thank you so much for doing this nicolette we do super appreciate it yeah i'm glad i'm i'm both glad to chat with you all because you're both great humans um and also kind of help unpack what is a very large announcement and yep. you know that's that's our own fault for trying to be as clear as possible it just kept getting longer <laughs> and then we were like what if we showed pictures and, uh, i mean to, just to put it out there we did also edit it down for length we yes, did at the end did. go through it and try to edit it down for length and clarity so this is the short version oh, there <laughs> there there was like a i want to say it was like either thomas jefferson or abraham lincoln letter that started with you know, I'm writing you a long letter because I don't have time to write you a short one. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it's exactly. Just like, yeah, I can I can see the the whittling of down because you it's dense. Like you you made words count. You know, not IPG dense, but still pretty dense. <laughs> uh, That's true. If you can, if you can get through the IPG, you can get through this. Uh, <laughs> but if you have questions, you know, let me know. All right, friends, that is our episode. Join us next time when we talk about, I don't know, maybe the new L3 process. We will let you know. Until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast. Till next time, I'm Samantha Har. I keep it fun. And I'm Brian Prillman, and I'm a great human. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I don't actually know if I hit stop, if it'll trash everything. I think it just has to go to the end of the call. Uh, Just deletes the whole thing. I don't don't know every, the the two times I tested it was based on end of call. So I don't want to, I don't want to mess anything. I don't want to do anything that runs the risk of messing this up. Nicolette, if we, if we have to re-record, I'll just pretend to be you with a little like sock puppet. Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) I'll even do the little voice.